You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Sephora stores are everywhere you are. So just pop in when you need a brown lip to match your 90s playlist. A confidence boost before your interview. Or a last-minute gift for mom's birthday. There's always a Sephora near you. Just pop in. Use our store locator to find your local Sephora or Sephora at Kohl's. Welcome to Art Smart from Who Arted, your guide to quick and easy art history. We're cutting through all that art world jargon that doesn't make sense to anyone because art is for everyone. Welcome to Art Smart. I'm your host, Kyle Wood. Uh, today, we're going to be focusing on the Baroque. Now, at first, I thought I would give just a quick, short, and simple overview of the movement, but then I thought, that really wouldn't match their style. So instead, I'm going to do a little bit of a meandering story to help illustrate the ideas of the Baroque. So for college, I went to the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. Now, I don't know if they still do this, but at the time I was applying, they had these immediate decision days. You would show up with your portfolio, they would look it over, and after lunch, they would let you know if you were accepted or not. If I'm being 100% honest, I'm a little surprised I got it in. SAIC was the only school I was applying to at that time. My friends and I had been up all night, and I brought all of my paintings and drawings in a stack tied together with twine. I didn't have one of those nice portfolios to carry around my work the way literally everybody else did. I barely had enough works to meet the requirements because I had only taken one painting and one drawing class prior to this. I would say before I was an okay artist, I was a terrible musician, and I really was more focused on guitar than painting and drawing for a long time. So I get there, and... It was the early 2000s, so I'm dressed in just terrible, ill-fitting clothing, thrift store attire. A lot of it is a lot of it is torn and stained. I have just a stack of tattered drawings and and um, about half a dozen paintings that are tied together, and I see the look of confusion and, if I'm being honest, slight disgust on the face of the intake person as I explain how to carefully handle this bundle of works without them spilling all over the place. The reality of my precarious position and the high stakes set in, as I just said, eh, if it ain't Baroque, don't fix it. She politely smiled and said I could go find my table now. I don't know why the if it ain't Baroque, don't fix it line came out of my mouth at that point, And even less sure why it came out like 20 more times during that day. I guess I just make bad jokes when I'm nervous. So... I'm called up for the portfolio review, and the guy starts thumbing through my drawings. This was going to be it. This was going to be the moment that would determine the course of my life. And he looks at the first three, and he stopped. He says, 
Is there anything worth looking at in here? I think it landed a little harder than he meant it. I could barely hold back from crying as I just mumbled, I guess not. He then went on to say, I mean, these all look like class assignments, am I right? I don't think I even mustered words, I just nodded. He said, do you have anything you made on your own? And this was the moment where it turned. He said, I'm not going to torture you anymore. You're getting in. I can tell you can draw, but for scholarship consideration, we really want to see your viewpoint. It was a roller coaster of a morning. It obviously altered the course of my life, and it reinforced for me the importance of understanding the ideas behind artwork. Art is not just about those technical skills. It's about the ideas the artists come up with. It's the story behind the works that makes all the difference in the world. Now, you might be thinking this story seems a little self-indulgent and overly dramatic. And that's how I think of the Baroque. The Baroque came after the Renaissance. You might recall from my previous episodes on the Renaissance, the Renaissance was happening like 14th, 15th century. The Baroque was 16th, 17th centuries. While both eras focused a lot on biblical and historical subjects and both prized highly polished naturalistic craftsmanship, the Renaissance was about intellectual pursuits. It was an era of artists developing the mind, but the Baroque was more about the heart. It was emotional, dramatic, active. While Renaissance artists would create balanced, ordered, and visually satisfying compositions, the Baroque embraced asymmetrical balance to create a more active and dramatic scenes. Instead of Michelangelo's David striking that contrapposto stance, We see Bernini's David with his body twisted, sling in hand, face clenched, as he appears to be in the midst of hurling his sling to slay his giant nemesis, Goliath. One of the biggest patrons of the arts in that day was the church. Now, this was the time when the Christian faith was seeing some upheaval. There was the Protestant Reformation and the Counter-Reformation, The church was seeking to win over people's hearts and minds with artworks that were truly awesome. Of course, today some people say that the -the over-the-top bling, excessive gold leaf, and ornamentation made the Baroque awful. But, fun fact, awesome and awful originally meant the same thing. Inspiring awe. That was the point. The style was to make things more grand and over-the-top to wow the viewers with their technical prowess as artists, but also the theatrical drama of stories played out in paintings and sculptures. In the Renaissance era, artists were rediscovering the classics from ancient Greece and Rome. They were eager to show off all their learning and their technical expertise, the naturalistic uh, depictions they could render. Baroque artists built off of that. They maintained that emphasis on the naturalism, but they just turned the dial up to 10, making everything bigger, more active, more dramatic. The late Baroque, or the Rococo period, turned it up even further. 
while most people would think 10 is the top of the scale, the late Baroque, they turned it up to 11. They went over the top, going louder than their predecessors. Of course, you can't keep it turned up all the way, all the time, and that's why after the Baroque, we saw artists and audiences ready for something a little bit more muted, a little more subdued, with a return to classicism, and then the Romantic era and all of that. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Now, if I were putting together a collection of works to help you better understand the Baroque era, here would be a couple of my picks. First off, I'd go with Artemisia Gentileschi. Now, she is one of the rare, well-known female artists of that day. And as I look at her works like Judith Slaying Holofernes, I can't help but look at it through that feminist lens. And when I say it's Judith Slaying Holofernes, it is her in the act. And that's the drama that I think of as one of the hallmarks of the Baroque era. It's not a pose of figures suggestive of what they did. We see them in the act. It doesn't feel like it's overly studied and posed. I mean, obviously, they were studying and they did have models posing, but the figures are in these poses that feel like it's capturing a moment in time. We, we feel like we're seeing them in the act. And along those lines of sort of figures in action, I would look at Bernini's sculptures. Um, I already mentioned his statue of David. When you compare his work to predecessors, Michelangelo and Donatello both made statues of David. And in those figures, the Renaissance figures, we saw David just kind of standing there. He looked like he was sort of softer, more muted, more childlike, and a little bit idealized. It seemed a little bit relaxed in that contrapposta stance. But Bernini, it is visceral. We see him in action. His body is contorted. And also, unlike um, Michelangelo and Donatello, Bernini's David has some clothing because Another hallmark of the Baroque era was the figures were a little more, a little bit more modest. We see a little bit less of the nude figures in the Baroque era because their main patron was the church, and a lot of times the church would dictate they wanted bits to be covered up. Next up, I've got Diego Velasquez Las Meninas. Uh, this is just an amazingly complex composition. We see the painter and we see uh, several figures. We see There's just a lot going on. It feels like a little bit of a peek behind the curtain in the high society, and I absolutely love that. Rembrandt's The Night Watch. Now, Rembrandt's works always tended to be a little bit dark, and there's a lot going on in here. But one of the things I would point out is the grandeur. This is, once again, 
just a massive painting. And I feel like in some way, um, you know, history may not repeat itself, but it rhymes. There is an absolutely massive undertaking in our contemporary era to document the Night Watch. I think it is like the largest photo that's been stitched together ever. It is just an unimaginably massive high resolution image that's been made by putting together a bunch of ultra high resolution images to document this work um, in just like minute detail. Of Fragonard's The Swing, I'm going to include this because it's late Baroque. Some people would say it's Rococo. Some people separate those eras out. Um, For me, this feels like it is the kind of thing is that is like the ultimate conclusion of the Baroque era. Like I say, I think of the the Rococo as late Baroque. Some people separate it out, but Fragonard's The Swing is a wonderful example of that asymmetrical balance, the active dynamic composition, a little bit of symbolism in a story that I'm not going to get into here. But I did create episodes of Who Arted on Fragonard's Swing, Rembrandt's Night Watch, and Diego Velazquez's Las Meninas, so I will link those in the show notes if you want to learn more about those three works. Now, since Fragonard's The Swing is kind of an iffy one, um, I'm going to include just one more in here just to cover my bases and say Caravaggio. Uh, The Calling of St. Matthew is one that stands out to me, but really across his body of work, uh, Caravaggio was really well known for that chiroscuro lighting, a single light source casting this dramatic light and shadow over the figures. Now, That would be my collection to look at for an understanding of the Baroque era. What would be your favorites? Let me know. You can email me, artsmartpodcast at gmail.com, or hit me up on social media at whoartedpodcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Artsmart is an airwave media podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please do me a favor, leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. If you'd like to learn more, check out my other podcast, Who Arted, or go to the website artsmartpodcast.com for more free resources.